there, this is Amy Lequier here. We're gonna have a great time discussing the cost of communication and how it relates to expectations, especially when it becomes unrealistic expectations. Now, if you missed our us last week, um, we talked about an episode on the cost of communication as it related to your vision. So you can go ahead and you can email me, you can click the link, or you can go to YouTube and watch it under the water cooler series. And I want to give a big shout out to um, Equa Marketing. They're the leaders in digital marketing, and they are the ones who sponsor this episode and these um, podcast series because it's really great to have a platform for professionals to be able to um, talk about relevant topics. So thank you so much, Equa Marketing, for sponsoring this series of podcasts slash webinar type if you have questions later, feel free to email me, feel free to um, send me instant message, Facebook Messenger, you know, lots of ways to reach today in this time of technology as we're talking about communication. So we're going to dive in here. And what I want to talk about today is how the cost of communication affects our expectations. We're gonna develop confidence for conflict in difficult discussions. So I'm gonna give you some ways that you can develop your confidence in that. So who likes to um, deal with conflict in the office? Not me, right? Not it. Not many people like to, nor do they understand how to, and they tend to avoid it more than, than address the situation. So we're gonna to help to um, develop the confidence in that and talk about what, how, and why we set unrealistic expectations and ways that we can avoid costly um, communication gaps through ongoing feedback. Now, when you saw the title of this episode, you might, th might have thought, hmm, I know someone that can benefit from that. You know, you thought of someone who maybe sets unrealistic expectations, a former boss you used to have, a current boss you have, but I want today, I want you to think about it as, as yourself. Have there been times where you may have set unrealistic expectations on someone? Also, again, it can happen to us and we can learn from that and how it made us feel. But I want you to think about it as what it is that we can do to help others be successful because that's what we want, right? We wanna be successful, but we want to bring others up, especially on our teams so that we can have success together. Last time I talked about the five C's of intentional communication. So I gave you an introduction to what that is. And really that's my method of determining how we communicate with each other in a systematic way. So we look at the communication, which is the actual what, the content, what are the words we're saying? We look at the clarity, how are we saying it? What's that conciseness to whatever it is we're saying? Then three, four, and five are more the why, the customer service behind what we're saying, because we're dealing with people in relationships, not only our patients, but also our team members. The cohesiveness, why, why, what's the purpose behind what we're doing and what we're saying? And if we're saying something to each other, are we saying the same message to employee A as employee B? Same thing with our team. If they're answering the phone, are they, is the patient going to receive the same information when they, they talk to one employee or the other? Of course, we want their personality to shine through, but we want the message to be the same. 
and then the compassion. So the three that I have highlighted in the colors there, communication, clarity, and cohesiveness, are really the three that have to do with the unrealistic expectations. So those are the three that I want you to keep in your mind, the what, the why, and the how. Just right there. Just here it is. What, how, and why. So why do you think we set unrealistic expectations for others? What do we set them for ourselves? And then the other thing is why when we, our expectations aren't met, why do we get so disappointed? Have you ever had that where you felt really disappointed? You thought something was going to go a certain way and it didn't. It could have been at work, it could have been a movie you went to. I remember going to see that movie. I love Sandra Bullock. And years ago, she did that movie Gravity. And I paid money to go to the theater. And I just didn't like it. Maybe you love the movie. But I just I thought, okay, well, I can't believe I just spent all this money. She's a great actress. I just didn't like it. So my expectation was that I would be better than it was based on previous experiences of her movies. So what we talk about is patterns of behaviors and those patterns of behaviors can cost us. And as we talked about in the last episode, we can cost us relationships. It can cost us time, money, our physical health, our mental health, and anything else you can think of. Those are just some of the top ones that come up, come to mind and that I've helped others to manage when their expectations aren't met. Now, if you recall, I've been in the dental field since 1991. I started dental hygiene school, graduated in 94, worked for some private practices, also worked as a school-based dental hygienist, worked for corporate. The last six years I've been a consultant and the last year I've owned my own consulting business. And so every position I've ever been in, I've either had expectations not met um, from an employer, from a patient, from, um, I have also set expectations for others that haven't been met either. And so those patterns of behavior, when you expect someone to respond a certain way and they don't, it can be frustrating. So one, one thing that I know is very frustrating is that when you hire someone, you have a new hire, they're a hygienist, an assistant, a front office person, and their resume looks fantastic. They may have done a, a day working in the office as a working interview, and then they come in and, well, turns out, you know what? They just don't have as much energy as we thought, and they turn out to be a little lazy, or they're not as skilled as you thought. So those things can be very frustrating. But what I want us to remember is that we are humans and we put a lot of assumptions. And if you think about that, think about all the things that we assume of others and, and of ourselves. But a hygienist, we assume they're going to do whatever hygienists do. An assistant's going to do whatever assistants do. But we got to remember that your office is unique to you, your style of dentistry, and that wherever that person came from before, that dentist does things differently. So we don't want to assume that everybody that's hired for a specific position is going to know the way you want it done. Should they have certain skills? 
for sure, absolutely. And sometimes those are even lacking. And so we need to make sure that we understand that if this employee is, employee is someone that we want to invest in training, then we need to help and give them the skills and help them be successful to grow in your practice. So we don't want to assume that all employees should know what to do, especially new hires. Now, one thing that um, worked with many offices as a hygienist and as a consultant where there weren't training processes. It's just kind of a known fact that many dental offices, they don't have a lot of time to train. You kind of get thrown to the wolves, as we say, where you get an assistant gets hired and first day they're doing all the assistant roles and they don't really have a chance to acclimate to your practice. So that is something that we want to make sure that we have some sort of documented training process for all new hires to be able to have the most success. Another pattern of behavior that costs is avoiding conflict. So this is a big one because when you avoid conflict, it does not mean that the problem goes away. And if you have children, if you've ever had a relationship with another person, we know that this is true. So same thing with our employees. And many times we're with our employees a lot more than we are with our family. And so these things can stir. And then there's tension in the office. And even though we do our best to try to hide it, the patients can feel that. So we want to recognize when there's conflict and then try to have a proactive approach, which I'll teach you in a little bit, to be able to um, understand that there are differences and try to come to an agreement. Conflict doesn't have to be a bad word. You can have healthy conflict, I promise you. It, it is a real thing, it can happen. But most people don't know how to do that. So there is a way to be able to, to have healthy conflict and have resolution. Or uh, as people say, agree to disagree. Another pattern of behavior that costs is not giving praise or recognizing a job well done. As I mentioned, being a, a consultant for the last six years, I do what's called a gap analysis. And so I have the doctor fill out a questionnaire based on themselves. And then I have the team fill out a questionnaire based on what they think of the doctor. So for example, it might say the doctor's question would be, I am not a micromanager. And then the teams would be, we don't, on a scale of one to 10, the doctor is not a micromanager. So then we would say, okay, if the doctor thinks that they, like they don't ever micromanage, they're awesome, and the team thinks they're one, then there's a big gap there, right? So the one thing that I found is that the teams on those assessments want recognition. They want praise. They want to know if they're doing a good job and they want things that are specific. So just say, hey, good job today, just isn't enough. Hey, Sally, you did a really great job getting that tray set up for me today. It makes it much more efficient when everything's ready and on the tray. That's specific, that's tangible, and that makes somebody feel really good. And guess what? When you tell them that, what do you think is gonna happen the next time the tray's set up? They're gonna be consciously aware of, wow, that felt really good, I'm gonna keep doing that. Okay, so we want to make sure that we, we give praise, we recognize the job well done, which means we have to be present in the moment. We have to be looking for ways to catch them doing something right. 
Another thing that, that um, team members tell me when I come in as a consultant is that the, the doctor always finds fault with them. So recently uh, on Facebook, there was this, I don't know, it was like an article or something, and it was based on this person talking about how as humans, our eyes just attract to the things that are wrong. So this teacher was putting math problems on a board for a um, bunch of high schoolers. And the first one was wrong on purpose and all the rest were correct. So curse everybody raised their hand. I was like, hey, teacher Smith, you know, this answer is wrong. And so the teacher explained, okay, yes, you focused on the one wrong one when I had 25 right ones or however many. So we tend to focus on the one negative thing and forget about a hundred positive things. So really trying to catch them doing something good. And then it helps you to recognize your team and not always think that, okay, they're not doing what I'm asking them to do. All right, here's a good one. Do as I say, not as I do mentality. So if you want your team to, to follow you as a leader, you need to role model it. So for instance, last time I talked about the teach show do method. So you teach them a concept, you show by role modeling and then have them do it. Same type of thing. If you want them to not be on social media during the day, but you're doing it all day long, then it's giving them permission to do it. Now, yes, I understand if someone is the boss or they're the one paying the check and all that, it, it's, it's bigger than that. We're a team, it's collaborative. And so I don't wanna make it us against them. If we have that team approach, then we need to all feel like we have value. And although you may have a higher education you, as a, as a um, owner or as the dentist and as, as an associate, we all wanna have value and we all wanna feel like we belong. So if you're gossiping, if you come into work hungover, guess what? Your team is gonna use that as permission. So do as I say, not as I do mentality, doesn't work as a boss, doesn't work as a parent. <laughs> uh, trust me, I know, my son is 19 now. <laughs> the kids test you and they, they call you out when you do something. I remember my son was about three years old and he's in the back seat and he says, get out of the way, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess uh, I know who he learned that from. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Anyway, um, the other thing is, is doing something nice for your team and then getting upset when they don't respond the way you want them to. So who is guilty of this? Who's guilty of this, right? Yes, doing something nice for your team and getting upset when they don't respond the way you want them to. All right, so I'm gonna use a little analogy here. So follow, follow me on this. Let's think about our words as currency. Okay, so our words are money, they're currency. And let's say all of our positive words, all of our, our kindness, our kind words, um, peaceful words, calm words, all of those, anything on the positive side, let's think about those as deposits, okay? So you're depositing your money. And let's think about the um, negative words, the sarcasm, the passive aggressive phrases as withdrawals. Okay, so you have your positive words that are your deposits and your negative words that are your withdrawals. 
So let's say that all day long we're in a negativity and we just keep withdrawing and withdrawing and withdrawing and withdrawing and we're not depositing anything. Guess what? Guess what happens when you run out of money? You become bankrupt, right? So you're unhappy. Nothing's going well. It becomes negative. Then you get in debt and below and below and below. And so then you just have to dig out of that hole. However, if you're on the positive side and you are always giving, 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 you got this big amount of money, right? You got this buffer, you got this nest egg, you should be ecstatic, right? Well, what ends up happening is that a lot of times people who give, 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 get, they don't leave it at that as, as just giving. They expect something in return. So then what happens is all of these deposits, then there's this um, bitterness that comes in because the response isn't what they expect. So if you start depositing money or having those positive words and expect something in return, this is the same thing as doing something nice for the team and getting upset when they don't respond the way you want to. I worked with an orthodontist and he said to me, I was that is opposite. Amy, I'm so frustrated. I buy my team lunch every single day and they never appreciate it. They never say thank you. And I'm like, okay, well, did, you know, did you ask them if they wanted lunch? Did you just buy it? He's like, well, they a lot of times work through lunch. And so I'm doing it because I want them to eat. I'm like, okay. So the expectation isn't so much that they've asked you like, Hey, we're hungry. So I, you have two choices. You can either stop buying them lunch or you can continue to buy them lunch, even if they don't say thank you, but you have to get over it. You like, you, you can't expect them to have the same response you would, especially when that pattern of behavior keeps happening. If you keep waiting for it, it's not going to happen. Okay, so think about it, like I said, as currency, your positive words, deposits, withdrawals. Where are you? Do you and sometimes we're in between. We might be, have that lot of deposits and then guess what? We get frustrated, we lash out a little bit, we withdraw, then we start depositing back up. So it's a great analogy. I like to think about that because all that negativity, you're going to end up bankrupt and in debt. All right. Hiding out in your office, um, this is an interesting one, depending upon your personality and, and who you are. However, your team, as I mentioned earlier, you guys are all there all day long. And so to hide out in your office and then come out and say, hey, Sally, can you go do this for me? Really, we can't expect them to jump on it and start doing what you say right away because they're going to think of it as, you're just the person who comes out, barks orders, and they'll get to it when they get to it. So if we hide out all day long, we don't get to know our team, we don't build a relationship with them, then we can stop hiding in our office. And I know some of these may seem harsh. Um, however, it's reality and team members hide things, their emotions, because they're afraid to talk as well so it goes both ways right we want to have a safe environment where um, doctors can talk to the teams 
office managers can talk to teams and the doctor and front office hygiene assistants everybody can feel that they're safe in what they can say so patterns of behaviors those are some that cost again what do they cost you they cost you energy they cost time physical health mental health frustration money all of these things are part of um, who we are our experiences that we had and sometimes it's hard to to change that and that's why it's important to have systems in place documentation and a way to take those things that we just talked about and be able to have some sort of feedback or some sort of um, progression of communication as i mentioned the conflict and the difficult discussions you see my little um clock over here so this to me is sort of like a time bomb waiting ticking 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 and waiting to explode do we know people like that that kind of get angry and just explode or do we know people who just are calm all the time not really much of an emotional person so if we want to get rid of the conflict in the and have difficult discussions then we need to have some sort of plan now in order to have this we need documentation so these are some some tips that i have that are on an actual document so if you'd like that document you can email me amy at bridge the gap c as in cat s as in sam.com um and we'll i'll send that to you okay so it's, a, it's an actual um, documented difficult discussions sheet that goes through some of these these are just the top ones that i pulled out from that from that document but being prepared you know so we want to make sure that this is something that when we when we have conflict in the office or we have difficult discussions we need to address it now if it's something that is a safety measure that's right then and there when the patient's sitting in the chair and they just grabbed instruments without gloves on obviously you need to say something right in that moment but if it's something that is not safety related it's not going to hurt someone in that moment we don't want to do it in front of anybody else we praise in public right but we discipline in private or we give um negative um something that happened negatively in private we don't want to we don't want to have that public so and we also want to make sure that we don't do it on a whim as i mentioned um the third bullet point down so being prepared we want to make sure that we know what we're going to say before during and after so how are we pre preparing ahead of time we want to jot down some ideas of of what it is that we're going to say what happened in the moment um, during we want to make sure that we have skills set up to what we're going to what our goal is you know what's the purpose of this of this difficult discussion what is the end result i want to have happen so by having this discussion what do i hope to accomplish and then after are there follow-up system is there a follow-up um action item that we need to take care of and schedule in a couple weeks okay so you, so you're prepared then you practice what you're going to say and how you're going to say it what i mean by that is we practice our body language Just if we're here and we're leaning back or we're leaning forward that's a different message than if we're here and our hands are open our shoulders are down and we're more in a relaxed position okay 
we want to practice what we're going to say. We can't necessarily practice their response, but we can practice what we're going to say. Now, even the people who are the best speakers, who sound like they don't have it, um, like it just comes off the top of their head, these are people who have practiced and rehearsed and know their stuff so much that it just comes out like that. Okay, so we want to practice and practice, especially if this is hard for you to begin with. Right, a lot of people, this is, this is a hard thing to do, to overcome by just addressing it. So then we wanna schedule um, time for it. We don't wanna do it on a whim. We don't wanna do it in the hallway, knee-jerk reaction, and we don't wanna do it when we're distracted. So if you're trying to have a difficult conversation with someone or conflict and you're on your phone or they're on their phone or you've gotta go pick your kid up in two minutes, they've gotta pick their kid up, nobody's really paying attention. So as much as you can try to limit the distractions schedule a time 15 minutes 15 minutes it doesn't have to be a lot and then again you can always schedule a follow-up time after using iMessages this is something i learned as a skill way back when my son was maybe about six or so and we were in a counseling session and and when we use iMessages it puts it how it how it affects us so instead of saying you're always late that's more of a blaming type thing. You say, you know, I, I'm really affected by um, the morning meeting when everybody's not here to start on time. So that's a different, different way to say it than you're always late. You weren't here for the morning meeting. So I really need you here to be able to be prepared for the day. So it's a different message. Um, it also works with your kids too. You know, if you say, you know, oh, I would really love it if you could help me take out the trash. That would be awesome. Instead of saying, you never take out the trash or go take out the trash. When you do it as they're being your helper, now they'll catch on eventually, but it does work the first few times. <laughs> All right. Being specific and sticking to the facts. So we don't want to bring up what happened, you know, two years ago. We don't want to bring up anything that is so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so said. It's what you do know, so you need to be specific. Um, so for the last two weeks, three of those days, um, I've noticed that there's, your time clock is 30 minutes late. You know, so I've noticed you're using your iMessage and you're saying specifically what it is and you're using times, and those are the facts. So instead of saying, you know, Johnny told me that you were 30 minutes late. No, we want to stick to the facts. Look at the, look at the time stamp on their, their um, time card. All right. Find out what's going on because sometimes there's an ongoing issue. There may be something going on at home that will come out. Okay. All right. So active listening, avoiding interrupting in positive body language. So making sure that we give the other person a chance to talk. You want to make sure that you get your point across too, but it's not just about um, making a point. It's about making a difference. So let them um, talk and you listen and just hold your tongue for a little bit until it gets to that point. And then document. Um, we want to make sure that you're taking notes, that you document everything. And then at the end, we want to always leave it with, what did we agree on today? Question mark. You both write it out. You both sign it. 
you date it, and then follow up in two weeks. So in two weeks, we agree that this is gonna have happened. Okay, so I just said a lot there. Again, this is, this is a way to prepare for those conflict and difficult discussions. We're talking about unrealistic expectations. In order to have realistic expectations, you need to be able to inform your team that, hey, you know what? Going forward, we're gonna have an ongoing communication system. We're gonna start addressing things that come up and I wanna have expectations that everyone's aware of what they're doing and this is the positive practice culture that I want. Okay, at any time, it doesn't matter how long you've been in practice, you can go in and you can say those words and get your team on board. Just because it's something you've always done doesn't mean you can't change it. You could change it tomorrow. Okay, so next one, as I was mentioning, the continuous conversation. So that's how we have conflict and difficult discussions, getting those preparation. And this is what I call a feedback forum. So you may have heard of um, performance evaluations or performance management systems or annual review or something along those lines. Well, the feedback forum to me is a way that we have continuous communication, whether it's positive or negative, and making sure that it's a safe space for everyone. So it's not just once a year, it's however often we need it. Okay, and again, before you implement, before you integrate anything into your practice, whether it's a policy manual, whether it's a new intro camera, whatever it is, the team needs to be aware of, of what it is, the intention behind it, like what, and then the purpose, why are we doing this, and then what do we hope to achieve by putting this in here? So regardless of what it is in the practice. So the feedback form, again, it's a document. And if you'd like me to send you a copy of, of mine, it's about eight pages, nine pages long. And it entails an informal feedback paper. So that's basically, sometimes you just wanna have a conversation with someone, but we always want things to be documented. We wanna make sure that we know the date, what we talked about, what we hope to achieve in that. Again, it might even be a praise. It might be something like, you know, you did a really fantastic job with X, Y, or Z, you know. Um, we had a new hire and you trained her. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking extra time. I heard you asking a um, patient for a referral. That, fantastic. That's awesome. That's how our practice grows. What, whatever those specifics are. But, you know, if it's something that needs a little bit of a meeting where you talk about it, aside from just a, you know, thanks so much for doing a great job at X, Y, and Z. So you can have an informal meeting. Um, and then the formal feedback is more um, either typically for a verbal warning, which again, even though it's verbal, we're writing it down because we want to remember that it happened. And then next step would be the written warning. Okay. And then after that, it may be a termination or it could be a performance improvement plan. And that's where the resources I talk about, um, there's a performance improvement plan which we use SMART goals. So that's um, goals that are specific. We wanna make sure we know exactly what it is we're striving for. Measurable and attainable. So again, here's that realistic part. We don't wanna say, oh, well, we want our case acceptance to improve 20% by next month. Well, that would be awesome if that happened, but let's 
you know, try for 2%, 5% first before it gets 20%. So a little bit bits of pieces at a time. So SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, okay? Um, realistic, realistic, and then time bound. So we wanna make sure that we put a time frame to that. So within this amount of time, this is what we hope to accomplish. Now, let's say whatever it is that was gonna happen didn't accomplish. It didn't get to where we wanted to. Were we on the path to get there? Yes, awesome. What were our barriers? Great. Were we not on the path? Did, it, did they just not do anything? Then maybe it's termination. Maybe that person is not the right fit for your practice. But they knew the expectation. They knew by this amount of time, this needs to be done. You set an expectation, it was realistic, you agreed on it, they don't do it. That gives the accountability piece. Let's say that they, like I said, they didn't understand it, then we need to clarify, we don't get upset, we just say, okay, now let's reset a new date. So again, this feedback form, it's a way to set realistic expectations. It's a way to have a positive practice culture. It's a way for your team to understand training processes and what is expected of them. So for new hires, I recommend a uh, one week check-in where we say, okay, what's going on in this first week? Because sometimes it can feel like drinking out of a fire hose, right? When that first week you're just kind of thrown in. And so we, we check in to say, okay, what's going on? And then in 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days. So you have those um, sequence of times where you actually put it on the schedule, you schedule it out and you say, at this time for, this is what we're gonna talk about. 15 minutes, doesn't have to be any longer than that. If it is longer than that, maybe there's something that they wanna address or you wanna address, then you can always have a follow-up meeting too. All right, so hopefully all this makes sense so far. We've talked about a lot. Setting your team up for success, setting yourself up for success can seem overwhelming. It can feel like it's never ending. And, and that is true as long as you're a business owner, there's always gonna be expectations to set. There's always gonna be training opportunities. Um, there's always going to be an opportunity for uh, miscommunication, perceptions to be off. But when we can catch it, at the time that it's happening, the end result is so much uh, more beneficial for your practice and the cost is so much better in a positive way. We have more deposits. So I wanna talk a little bit about the difference between the annual performance evaluation and the feedback form. So I mentioned, I mentioned both. Now some offices don't do anything, right? They just kind of wing it and go through it and if they need to reprimand somebody, they maybe they have an office manager do it or they say something and expect it to go away. There's not much of a, uh, of a commitment there to giving performance evaluations. Some do once a year, some it's about once every two years or whenever they feel like it. Now, this is not um, a compensation review. Just because we talk about performance doesn't automatically mean doesn't automatically mean that we have um, a, a compensation review, right? So you can have an annual performance review in a, without having that. So the difference between the annual performance evaluation and what I was recommending the feedback forum is that the annual performance review is only once a year. So there's limited growth opportunities, okay? 
when you have a feedback forum where you're constantly and continually using um, and discussing things throughout whatever you're recognizing, then there's continual opportunities for growth. Annual performance evaluation, again, you, you're unaware of the employee's concerns until 12 months out. And again, a lot of times offices I've worked with, it's been 18 months, two years, it's not every year. When we have a continuous feedback forum, we get aware of the concerns, we address them, we agree to them, and we move on. Performance evaluations tend to be anxiety for the person giving it and the person getting it. Like, because they don't know, they, they don't have an expectation of how well they're doing. The feedback forum, it's a continuous way to, to get feedback. So you're at peace, you already know, okay, I have an issue, I'm gonna go for an informal um, feedback meeting and let's talk about it. We know the process, we know it's sort of a um, way that it's a safe space for us to get our, our concerns addressed at any time. So you're more at peace, you know what's going on. Um, annual performance evaluation can, can be time consuming because all, depending upon how they do it, sometimes offices will do it once a year and do everybody's all at once. And then it's just like, you know, they're doing it and, and it's just really time consuming in that period of time, depending on how many you have. Feedback form is very efficient. It's on a, you know, aside from the new hires, which are the one week, 30, 60, 90 days, then it's, um, you know, quarterly, it's monthly, it's, it's how often we need it for that specific person to get the training that they need. Okay, so it's, it's very efficient use of time. There may be more meetings, but they're going to be more efficient and more effective because we have, it's more solution-based. Annual performance evaluations can feel very authoritative, meaning like you're the boss and you're telling them how it is and this is just the way it goes, where the feedback form is collaborative. It's, it's really about how can we join together to be able to come to a solution and improve the practice, grow the practice. How can I help? What's my intentional thing that I can bring to the table to, to improve the practice? And as I mentioned earlier, that, that sort of deposit and withdrawal analogy that I used, um, annual performance evaluation is very transactional in the sense that it's, it's task-oriented. It's like, okay, check the box, we got it done. Where our feedback form is relational. It's really about coming from the heart and in, in sharing experiences and wanting to understand how we can improve together. So it's not just me telling you what to do, it's us collaborating and having a relationship of how we can grow this together. So team members tend to take more ownership when they feel heard and when they feel like they have some, some, um, some skin in the game, if you will. All right. So my challenge to you, based on everything that we talked about, is when we talked about those patterns of behavior that are costing, you know, identify one in your life that a pattern of behavior that's costing you. And, and those were the things that were, um, that I mentioned earlier about, you know, are you the type of, of employee or employer who, you know, is the do as I say, not as I do type person? Are you the one who avoids conflict? Are you the one who um, hides out in your office? Are you the one who um, 
you want everybody to, to love you. So you do these things, you expect them to do something in return and they don't, and then you get bitter and frustrated. So identify those patterns of behavior that are costing you, identify what, what it is that is the cost. Is it your mental health? Is it your physical health? Is it money? Is it growth in the practice? Is it time? What is it? And it could be a combination. Um, and then you can choose one of the three. You can do all three. Usually, you know, when I am challenging someone, I just want to do one, one thing and just think about it. And the first one, all you have to do is think about it, identify it. You don't have to do anything about it yet. Just identify it and then try to take an intentional act that you're going to do to set realistic expectations. So if, you, if you're aware, okay, yes, I'm self-reflecting. I realize I hide out in my office. This is the one intentional thing I'm going to do to be more relation, relational with my team. Or I realize that um, the expectations I set for new hires to know everything right away isn't realistic. So I'm going to create a checklist of what would I expect them to know in the first week. Maybe that's an example. The other thing, as I mentioned, ask for forgiveness and start fresh. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've been in practice. If you know you've been going down this path and you want to go down this path, expectations are a hard thing because, as I said, we all come from different backgrounds. We have past experiences that define us who we are. We have perceptions and they're not going to necessarily be the same. So have you guys seen on Facebook those um, the shoes recently there's a shoes and they've got the shoe and it's like okay is it is it gray and green or is it pink and white and so i'm asking my family and they're like oh it's pink and white i'm like no it's gray and green and so we're like arguing just like the dress a few years ago so we can be very um set in our ways because that's what we see so if that's what you've seen and you want to go a different path ask for forgiveness start fresh say you know what team um, I realize that I haven't really set some very realistic expectations or many expectations at all. Um, what I want to do is I really want to start fresh and I need your help. So let's together come up with a plan to, um, and then you start small, you know, you come up with a plan. You say, okay, here's my end result. What's our intention, our purpose, and our results and come up with a plan step-by-step step of, okay, by this date, use those SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. You know, get them, get them so that they um, make sense for your practice and just do kind of one at a time. Work through that so that you have a way to address all of the things that you want to accomplish but feel frustrated and disappointed. Because it's going to happen. You're going to be disappointed. We all are at some point in our lives. People are going to disappoint us. We're going to disappoint ourselves. We're not going to get to our own level of expectations, let alone other people's. But we've got to remember that communication is key. Those five C's of communication we want to focus on. The, the, the what, the, the first C, the communication, which is the what, the actual content, the clarity, the second C, the clarity. How are we saying it? What's the conciseness of what we're saying then? And then the why, which is compassion. One of the C's is compassion. The other C for why is customer service and cohesiveness. So those five C's. Now, 
If you have any questions, if you want the information, if you want that feedback forum, if you want the um, difficult discussions list, as I mentioned, feel free, feel free to contact me anytime. There's my phone number, my website, my email. Um, and I want to again thank Equa Marketing for sponsoring this. And before we leave, does anybody have any questions that I can answer? You've talked a lot about addressing things with your staff. What about when you have that one staff member who is very sensitive but really is trying very hard? How do you address their sensitivity issues? Yes. So um, sometimes it depends on the personality of the, the one addressing it. So sometimes I may, if the person addressing it is sort of an aggressive by nature doctor or office manager, I may have someone else in the room with me or so that I can get feedback and say, okay, what could I have said differently? So a, a reflection on it, because a lot of times we have blind spots. We don't necessarily know what we're doing wrong until someone else is there. So having someone else in the room that you trust that can help with that or delegating it to someone that you trust. If you have someone in the office say, you know what, this person's really sensitive. Um, those are a couple suggestions, but the, the first thing is to ask that person, what, how can I best help you? You know, I, I know that, that, you know, I may come across as X, Y, Z, but I want to, I want to be able to communicate with you well. So what do you need from me to do that? And, and just listen and see what they say, because they might say, you know what, I just need time to process. They might say, you know what, I'm crying, but I, I don't really mean it. Because sometimes people just cry. Um, and it's not so much that you're hurting their feelings, but they just, that's their reaction. Um, so I, I, would, I would start by, by asking the person and then um, seeing where that goes from there. Because that, that is a tough one. Or delegating it to, to someone else in the office who, who has a little more nurturing um, way about them. Does that help? Yes. Okay, perfect. Any other questions? Um, hello, Amy. Can you go back to slide nine? I can. Yes. Challenge? Yeah. yeah, so I really did like the first one where I said identify one pattern or behavior that is costing you. Um, yes. And I think for number two, like what action I'm willing to take is to, I guess in the dental clinic, um, is just to be there earlier um, mm. because it just allows me to like, you know, just understand like what's going to happen for the day and to actually prepare my notes beforehand instead of waiting to the end to write my notes. So I think that was one thing to me with um, identify the pattern of behavior that's really costing me, especially time because, you know, time is money. Um, and definitely choosing yes. uh, what to do, you know, afterwards. Yes. And here's a slide that I, that I referenced for the patterns of behavior. These are some of the, the ones. There's a lot more than this, but these are the ones that I kind of talked about um, that I brought up that I see a lot happening, you know, assuming all employees should know what to do, especially new hires, avoiding conflict, not giving praise or recognizing a job well done. And when you're you know, those are the types of things where you do specific. So, you know, team members want, want to know they're doing a good job. So if you say, hey, good job today, you know, a good job today at having that trace set up 
all for me that was really efficient. You know, something specific goes so much further because next time they're going to like do it, you know, even better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining in. Do you have any other questions or comments? <laughs> no, Amy, thank you. Um, I have the um, feedback forum and the difficult discussions document. If you want those, um, uh, you can go ahead and email me and I'll send those to you. There is actual physical document so you can read through them. It's a, um, a way to communicate with the, your team. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I'll definitely email you. Then. Awesome. Great. Thanks for joining in. And I, I do this once a month on the Thursdays. I don't, I'm not sure what area you're in. I'm in Arizona. So it's five o'clock here, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So once a month. And so the, it's all on, the series is all on cost of communication. Last month I did on vision. This one's unrealistic expectations. Next one is going to be on um, case presentation. I'm also going to do hygiene department and um, team retention. So those are the next few line up. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and have a great evening. All right. You too, Amy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.